Welcome back to Arab Voices on Houston's Pacifica Radio, listener-sponsored, commercial-free, KPFT 90.1 FM, with live streaming, podcasting, and online archive of previous shows at both kpft.org and arabvoices.net. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of the show. Joining us now live in the studios of KPFT Houston is Tariq Abata. He is executive director of Friends of Sabil North America. He was born into a Palestinian Christian family in Bethlehem and moved to Texas during the first Palestinian Intifada when he was 12. He previously served as executive director of Palestinian Christians Alliance for Peace and of Love, Thy Neighbor. Additionally, he worked with Christian peacemaker teams, the United Palestine Appeal, and the Negotiation Support Unit of the Palestinian Authority, researching legal and policy issues. He holds a JD from the University of Texas Law School. Tariq, welcome back to Arab Voices. Thank you, Saeed. Good to be again here with you. Thanks. It's good to have you again on the show. If you could tell our listeners, please, briefly about your organization, Friends of Sabil North America. Yeah, of course. Um, so Friends of Sabil North America. Um, Sabil is a Palestinian liberation theology organization that was started in Jerusalem, in the heart of Palestine, 30 years ago. And our organization is the um, U.S. chapter of Sabil that takes this liberation theology and contextualizes it in a U.S. setting and U.S. churches and denominations as to bring about justice for Palestine um, and justice for all in the region through that religious lens. Um, our programs are varied from a, uh, you know, at the denominational level, passing justice resolutions, passing divestment resolutions on uh, against investing in companies that profit from Israel's occupation, down to the very local level of uh, educational programs, but also trying to trickle down these resolutions from the denominational levels um, down to the local levels in what can you do on a local level. Uh, so, for example, uh, we are launching a new project called Justice Churches um, next year that, w- that will incorporate um, such things at that local level. In addition, uh, we work to resist anti-BDS legislation that have been passed across 26 different states. Uh, we do take trips to Palestine to show people what is happening on the ground. And very importantly, I think the main thing is to center Palestinian voices. Who are the best people to talk about a struggle? The people who are under the foot of an Israeli occupation, us as Palestinians. And so we do narrative trainings, and we did one in Houston, actually, a couple of months ago, where we teach our own people how to tell that story um, and the skill behind telling a story and how to relate to people, especially for a church audience. So these are just some of our programs. Um, and just another one to quickly highlight is particularly working intersectionally with the black community and the Latino community. Um, as we're seeing more and more with this administration and what's been talked about last half hour, there are more and more um, collective liberation struggles that need to be united. So, for example, we have a uh, black um, church's curriculum where we show how black liberation theology is tied in with Palestinian liberation as well. So we are working intersectionally, we are working denominationally, and we are working at a local church level to bring about justice for Palestine. And I know that you are working through your organization and others uh, about a campaign that is titled Rise Against Racism, Counter-Christians United for Israel. 
It's about a summit that you are countering that will be held soon in Washington, D.C. First, tell us about what is Christians United for Israel. Sure. Um, Christians United for Israel um, says that they have six million members led by John Hagee, which has a, a church called Cornerstone in San Antonio in our own backyards here in Texas. What is really disturbing about this, this, this organization is that it's part of a much larger, um, much larger movement in our country. If you look at the numbers, at this point, there are up to 70 million. The numbers vary from 30 million to 70 million of folks that buy into this Christian Zionist theology of which Kufi is the largest organization. Why this is very disturbing is that these are the folks who theologically look at our biblical text as Christians and think of the end times. This is their theology. It's all about the end time. And the end time necessitates, first of all, bringing back all the Jews, as they say, back to Israel. And then for the end times, as for the end time to come, where the reborn Christians will be raptured into heaven, tribulations on earth wipe out the earth, Antichrist to come, and the slaughtering of the majority of Jews, and Jesus as a second coming. Now, that might sound uh, completely crazy theologically and metaphysically, but where it becomes very problematic and scary is when an organization that is the biggest organization um, uh, under that theology says on its website, we are honored, humbled, and excited that the Vice President of the United States will address this year's Christians United for Israel Summit. This is where this theology, this is where this software of religious white supremacist violence, which is the theological, becomes concrete at a state violence and terrorism level in a conflation of state and religion at the worst, uh, in the worst ways possible. So the vice president will be attending and participating in this upcoming summit, as well as, I'm sure, many, many others. Yes, the vice president, secretary of state, and along with a list of congressmen um, that is listed on Kufi's website. So this is why it's problematic. You know, when I talk about the theology, it sounds crazy to a lot of folks. And, you know, you can believe whatever you want, you want to believe. But when it becomes conflated with state violence, whether it's through our U.S. government or the Israeli government on the ground for what they are doing to our own people, that's when people's religious rights and what you believe in should be stopped. When your religion is, is, is used to imprison indigenous peoples in Palestine, to demolish their homes, to kill civilians, to displace them, to ethnically cleanse them. This is where we are trying, as Fosna, along with a host of other co-sponsors, to stop their efforts. So we talk frequently here about APEC as one of the most powerful organizations in the United States uh, that is uh, pro-Israel, works for Israel on behalf of Israel, pays politicians, takes them on trips all the time, and so on. How different is that than Christians United for Israel? Christians United for Israel, and that's very true, have gone under the radar. Um, John Hagee established the organization in 2006. We're talking about 13 years of mostly going under the radar, and they are five times the size of APAC. And they have um, constantly lobbied for the most hawkish and repressive U.S. policies, including the U.S. Um, embassy move to Jerusalem. Um, they have fought 
um, against, uh, rather for the anti-boycott legislation on the state level, for the annexation of the Golan Heights, for cutting aid uh, to Palestinians. Um, and, and including what your previous speaker was talking about, hostility with Iran. They have been under the radar five times the size of APAC, so much more dangerous uh, theologically, and they are getting the weapon from our state to back it up. So tell us more about the efforts to counter this upcoming summit. The summit first is going to be held in Washington, D.C., July 7th and 8th, correct? Correct. So your organization is one of several. I think there are four uh, prominent organizations that are leading the efforts and over some 30 organizations that have signed on it. Tell us more about those efforts. Sure. Um, you're right. Like Organizations like Jewish Voice for Peace, American Muslims for Palestine, um, USCPR, which is U.S. Campaign for Palestinian Rights, and the, uh, many others uh, have participated. And we have made sure to bring about these co-sponsors as a multi-faith effort. This is not just a Christian issue. It is absolutely um, FOSNA who is leading this effort because we are the Christian organization to counter um, things done in our name. But it is absolutely a multi-faith effort because not only are we... We're trying to do two things here, two goals for the action. One is to shine a light as to expose what is happening um, and the growth of this movement. So one is exposing a light by bringing 200 um, persons to demonstrate outside the convention center where their uh, conference would be held. And we have uh, tried our hardest to get media, to get op-eds, to get whatever we can, organizational uh, support. You've named uh, 30, per, uh, 30 different organizations, correct, to expose a light onto it. To then, the second part is as multi-faith organizations, um, and as progressive human beings to establish a different vision for how we could work together and how we could live together. I mean, all our theologies have love your neighbor as yourself, love God with all your heart. I mean, those are the two biggest tenets in all these religions. How could we do that together outside of, an, you know, countering the space of hatred that Kufai has created um, in, in, uh, for Palestine and for the U.S.? And it is not by, just last thing to say, Said, it's not by happenstance that they are meeting in our nation's capital. This is why I say it's a conflation of state violence and theology. They are meeting, that's why they are meeting in our state's capital. Well, this is uh, very interesting. Now, you mentioned something that's important with your organization, Friends of Sabil North America. As uh, Christians, and you yourself as Christians, Palestinian, uh, you said that this was done in our name because those are called, quote-unquote, Christians, who support Israel. Uh, you mentioned 70 million approximately people who believe in Christian Zionism in the United States. That's about, what, 20, 22% of the U.S. population? Your statistics are right on. Yeah, 20% um, of the U.S. population. Now, some of them are, um, you know, have signed up for membership in the organization. Uh, regardless whether they're directly funding it or indirectly supporting it, they are part of that movement, right? So some of them may, might not be aware of what um, this theology, the destructiveness of this theology. Hence, even um, for them to be part of our audience that will learn about exposing their own theologies that they're not aware of. And, um, and then the second part for, for me constantly working um, as a Palestinian Christian is not just countering and exposing these spaces. Martin Luther King, when he was leading civil rights movement, 
kept talking about the white moderate and the deafening silence of the majority. It is also the deafening silence of our houses of worship and of our moderate churches and of the moderates in this country that have allowed for these spaces to go on by not countering them and by not creating a vision where others could plug in on a multi-faith level. Well, so why... I mean, everything they are doing here in the name of Christians and so on, this is very powerful, you know. I mean, you can imagine the volume. You mentioned they have some 6 million members, just that organization alone, Christians United for Israel. And uh, I'm sure they give money to that organization. And uh, they believe and their preachers and churches and so on, and the way they tell them about the Palestinian-Israeli crisis... Uh, as it leaves the impression that, hey, because if the way you described Christian Zionism as if it's okay to kill Palestinians, it doesn't matter who dies. It doesn't matter how many die because they need this and they have to have the temple and they have to have that. And then so Christ can return. And, and so it is perfectly fine. And Israel needs to continue to expand and build colonies. And it's okay to occupy other lands and other countries and so on in the name of the religion. That is pretty serious stuff. Absolutely. And they are able to get away with it, um, again, because they have conflated state and religion. And for me, to be honest, again, I don't care what people believe. But if your belief is turned into um, arms that then um, kill 3,000 uh, Palestinians, in um, uh, 300 Palestinians in Gaza, including 50 children with a great march of return and, and sieging one of the smallest, most populated area in the world for 12 years and getting away with it while their only demands in Gaza are to return home where 70% of the population are refugees. That is not only problematic, that is a, a crime and that, that is a massacre. So these theologies are very problematic. Um, I mean, to us in, 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 as Palestinian Christians and as Christians of faith, uh, because I, I believe that Christian Zionism is, is a pseudo practice of Christianity um, that is a moral cover for state violence. For us, this theology is sinful. Um, it is idolatrous also in conflating. They conflate a biblical nation that was supposed to be a light unto the nation, quote-unquote Israel, with a current state actor that is a violent terrorist state. Completely different, right? It's, 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 a, it's, it's the same name, but a completely different um, theological precepts behind what Israel uh, as, as a nation uh, was biblically and what it is now as a state. And thirdly, just to highlight the imperialism and the Christian colonialist white dominance of this theology um, that also uh, continues to feed into state violence. And I was reading a statement earlier uh, issued by your organization talking about the Christians United uh, for Israel, describing it, and as you mentioned earlier, deeply entrenched in white nationalism, anti-Muslim racism, anti-Semitism. You know, this sounds like it's odd. Anti-Semitism. Could you elaborate more about that from such an organization? Yeah, of course. As soon as you go to um, the whole irony of this, as soon as you go to Kufai's website, the first uh, window that pops at you is fight, um, uh, fight uh, anti-Semitism. 
Now, last night I was on a webinar with Jewish Voice for Peace, and we had about 110 people, mostly from Jewish Voice for Peace, listening about, um, talking about, and listening to the anti-Semitism of, of this whole theology. Now, what I was saying very early on in the program, which I might have run, um, run it through very quickly, is the end times for such a theology is the slaughtering of the majority of Jews once they, quote-unquote, return to the land. Um, some say that only 144,000 will survive, will convert to be reborn again Christians, and will be raptured along with the rest of the reborn Christians to heaven. And then, then some say um, that two-thirds will be slaughtered and, 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 and a third remain or go up to heaven. So it, it is using Judaism... Um, and Jewish people as pawns, they are pawns, they are chess pieces in Christians, and particularly that type of Christian, the reborn again Christian, getting to heaven at the end times. I mean, even just describing it right now, it, it just sounds so crazy to me. Um, and again, I, I don't care about what people believe and how crazy it is. It is just, it is very scary when the vice president of the U.S. speaks at a conference that holds these theological precepts. You know, it, it, it does sound extremely crazy. So why would Jews accept that if they also know, you know, under Christian Zionism, if they believe that two-thirds of Jews will be slaughtered and only about one-third will be converted or reborn Christians? So why would they endorse such a movement? They would endorse such a movement, unfortunately, because a lot of even Jewish Zionists have bought into this quote-unquote symbiotic relationship in the short term. They are benefiting out of it because you have multiple Christian Zionist offices being opened up in Israel to send money. Um, Christians United for Israel, along with other Christian Zionist organizations, just to the settlements alone, send 60, have sent $65 million. Include, and in addition to the money, they send volunteers yearly, hundreds of volunteers to go and volunteer in settlements. So for Jewish Zionists on the ground, in the short term, it is a symbiotic relationship for them. They are benefiting out of it financially, and they are benefiting out of it politically uh, to continue their own state violence against the Palestinians. Um, they know at the end times, um, this is, is this, I mean, the theology is not serving them. But for now, they say, let us stick politically to it. It, it, it is providing cover for our own um, Jewish Zionism. Where do other churches in the United States stand when it comes to this crisis, the Israeli-Palestinian crisis, and especially towards those other organizations, whether APEC, that political organization, or Christians United for Israel, which is doing a lot of political stuff uh, also? Where do they stand towards Christian Zionism? Yeah, so... It's been amazing working with the churches. I've been doing, you know, Palestine work for 20 years, a majority of it within the churches. I've been part of multiple denominational hearings, resolutions, um, reviewing resolutions, uh, again, translating into a local level. We have at this point 10 different mainline denominations that have in one form or, or another signed on to the BDS call, the Boycott Divestment Sanctions, until Israel stops its, its, its violence and terrorism against the Palestinians. 
Palestinians. Um, so these 10 denominations, which hold a membership of about 15 million people, have spoken up very clearly against Israel's violence. In regards to Christian Zionism, um, these denominations do not believe in these theological precepts that I was describing um, earlier, or the timeline, or the end time, or the Armageddon that these Christian Zionists believe will happen. Um, they, um, unfortunately, at the same time, they have not put out strong enough statements. I was asking these different denominations, what statements have you put out to counter this Christian Zionism? There have been um, very little information um, and statements calling out this Christian Zionism. Um, so unfortunately, the, but but at the same time, um, we have multiple denominations and organizations from the Palestine-Israel networks of, of the various churches joining us in these demonstrations and seeing the need for it to, again, counter it and also to continue creating a vision in their own churches and to continue to drive the moderate church to do its justice work and, quite frankly, to act as the church. Tarek, if I ask you to, let's say, so you have uh, three minutes. What message would you tell now those Christians who believe in Christian Zionism? What would you tell them to make them divert or get away from that path? Oh, it's very difficult, but absolutely, I do have a number of messages. One of them is to say... I am tired of having seen working in Hebron for 10 years, children being arrested, put behind gates, pissing on themselves out of fear when they were arrested by multiple soldiers for one of them was arrested for going to school and crossing checkpoint. We have had multiple men who were killed on the ground in the name of this theology and multiple women and multiple mothers who've gone across checkpoints and had to give birth to stillborns because of this theology. This is not a theology of love. When Jesus asks us, what are the top two commandments in our Bible? One is to love your neighbor as yourself. These are crimes, not just against Palestinians, against humanity and massacres. This is not loving your neighbor. You don't love your neighbor by killing them. You don't love your neighbor by imprisoning them. And you don't love your neighbor by bombing their homes and, and demolishing them. You love your neighbor by doing to them, to them what you want done to you. You love God with all your heart by reading peace and justice and standing out in a prophetic way against such theologies, I absolutely would say we welcome you back into a truly Christian community that is a redeeming one and that is a holistic, peaceful one, but only with justice at its heart. And this is why Fosna will continue to drive this message home, countering Christian Zionism and countering any theology that goes against these justice principles. Very well. And if you could give the website to your organization or any other resource you recommend to people who are listening to this show and others so they can learn more about this and the efforts that you are launching to counter Christian Zionism and the upcoming summit in Washington. For sure. Um, one website to highlight is a, a ChristianZionism.org. It's actually a website that counters Christian Zionism. So the first one is ChristianZionism.org. 
Um, the second one is our organizational website is fosna.org, F-O-S-N-A.org. Another one is the U.S. CPR, which is U.S. Campaign for a Palestinian Rights, um, Jewish Voice for Peace, if you want to hear it um, from Jewish Voices, and AMP, American Muslims for Palestine. Um, again, these are multi-faith organizations that are coming together to counter um, uh, this theology of violence. And I will have uh, links to all of those organizations on our website, arabvoices.net, this evening. The only time I have left is to thank our guest, Tariq Abata, Executive Director of Friends of Sabil North America. Thank you, Tariq, so much. We greatly appreciate your time. Thank you, Saeed, for having me again. And by the way, next week on this show, we are going to have a special program about Christian Zionism and this basically this uh, Christians United for Israel, I should say, summit that will be held in Washington, D.C. And that uh, does it for the show today. Thanks for listening. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of Arab Voices. Until we meet next week, peace on earth.